from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. Hey, 844-942-7866. That is the number to call if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. We are live right now. Michelle and Dion are in studio waiting here from you. Dream Team on point, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, We have a very fun show today because we welcome back one of our favorite guests, Mike Minoski. Mike is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. He's hired over a thousand people certified by the International Coaching Federation. Mike leads programs here at Wharton, and he's here today to answer all of your questions. So if you ever want to talk to a search consultant who's hired many, many people, you have picked the right day. Welcome back, Mike. Great to be here, Don. Glad we're connecting. Well, of course. We love having you on the show. We love your advice. And we're going to talk about something very fun today. We're going to talk about unusual ways to get hired that are very effective but very few use. So I'm very excited to talk about that because these are some of the things that you've experienced personally, Mike. I know I've experienced personally, and I know people are out there doing it right now. And some listeners may not have thought about these things. So if you've been struggling or thinking about how you can be creative in finding a job, you have picked the right day to tune into Career Talk Series XM 132. We're taking your calls because it is listener's choice, of course, as always on Thursdays, live 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866. So, okay. So, Mike, let's just dive right in about all of these these unusual ways to get hired that few think of but are highly effective. And I, I want to start with the, the idea of a boomerang employee. Now, a boomerang refers to somebody who's rehired by a former employer. And uh, this is something you've experienced, right, Mike? Yes. So yes. tell us about that. Well, I worked, at a, I worked at a successful startup that actually grew out of being a startup. And I had primarily been working in um, engineering and ops. Um, I joined another startup that was a much smaller phase, went into product, went into business development and product management um, for two years. That, and I had kept in touch, and I think that's the key, I had kept in touch with the previous company. Um, about two years later, they came back and said, hey, we actually have a training and development role with everything you've done now and the range of what you've touched, come back. And I came back, raised great responsibility, but I already knew a lot of the people. I already knew the product line, the customers. Um, I just brought back more skills and more knowledge, and it was great. And, and a I lot think of, that's the course of a boomerang. Yeah, no, a lot of people do this because, I mean, what we know is companies don't always give you when they give you a raise. I mean, you're not you're not getting a big bump, or they're not looking at you for promotion because maybe they can't get over the fact that you came in at a certain level and that you can you can do a higher job. So, people leave, they gain the skills like you did, and they come back and they make more money and they they maybe get a higher level role. And it, it happens a lot, but a lot of people don't think about this because when you're leaving a company, you think, all right, sayonara, I'm out. And obviously it depends on why you're leaving. Maybe you didn't agree with your boss. Maybe there was a reorganization. You don't like your new job. Or maybe you were part of a, of a layoff situation. But what I would say to people is companies are changing so much, so quickly these days. Companies are merging. Companies are getting acquired. Companies are reinventing themselves that you may find that five years down the road, your company that you worked for is is the new Google or, or the new place everybody wants to be. So don't burn bridges. A couple of things I would say as you're leaving a company, as as difficult as it might be, is is one, never say never. Never say never that you might not end up back here. Because you just don't know. I mean, maybe your your boss will, your one of your old bosses will end up there and create a perfect position for you. We just can't tell what's happening in the future. If we could, this would be a completely different show. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would also, yeah, this would. I would just tell you what's going to happen. Um, the other thing I would say is, 
is transition smoothly if you can. I mean, if obviously if you're you're part of a layoff and you're asked to leave, you may be limited in some of these choices. But I will tell you, I'll share a secret. It's it's a confession hour with with Dr. Don. But I mean, I have left a company poorly. I have Mike. I I was I was angry. I was frustrated at some of the things that were happening, and I you know I left angry. And what I realized later was. That was stupid. Um, in the moment, it felt good. And, you know, we see a lot of TV shows and things on the news of people like, yeah, I've really giving it to the company. But it was dumb. It was dumb because I'd built a great reputation. I had built a, a solid foundation of, of networks and, and a lot of things. And in that, in that one moment, I wouldn't say I ruined it. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm not really that angry of a person. But, I mean, it was not as graceful as I would have liked it to be. And I learned a big lesson from that, which is, you know, never say never because I still am connected with a lot of those individuals. Well, you know, everybody's done it. I, I'd loved, I was nodding my head as you were saying that. I can think of once in my career where um, I was not happy and I made it very clear I wasn't happy. The, but you used a great word, gracefully. You know, the leaving gracefully, I think, is, is tough, but I think it's something that really should be focused on because be the better person. You know, and, and that, again, really difficult to do, but leaving that way means that you're, you're showing your leadership, you're showing your strength, and particularly at a tough time. And let's face it, when we hire people, we hire them because we see potential, but we also know or are really hoping, hey, on a bad day, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's a bad day. Be there. Mm-hmm. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, did you leave a company in a not-so-graceful way? We want to hear from you. <laughs> or maybe you did and you're looking to to revamp your, your brand on this. We'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls all hour long. All topics are open. 844-942-7866. We're here with Mike Minoski, who has hired over a 1,000 people. So he is somebody who definitely knows what's going on in the hiring world. And we're talking about unusual ways to get hired. We're talking about boomerang employees. So one of the things you should know if you're exiting a company is usually there's a box that HR checks about, you know, we would rehire this employee. And I think it's okay to ask, you know, are they checking the box? Because the research shows that that about 75% or more companies would hire a boomerang employee and particularly if you've left on a positive a positive note and you have the relationships. I mean, there's so many benefits to the company, Mike. I mean, you're a known entity. You may still you know, have relationships with the colleagues. You may have worked for competitors and are coming back with, with broader information. You know the company culture. So there's a lot of positives for a company to do this. One of the things I would say, and I'd love your opinion on this, is, is think about an exit interview. A lot of companies are doing exit interviews and they want to get your opinion on you know your experience at the company what is your advice for how to handle an exit interview mike i think being objective i think that's probably the key um you definitely it's an exit interview and i've done a lot of them are really around tell us how to be better um and you but and giving objective feedback like instead of saying you know what the meetings are too long people here are obnoxious it's better to say you know what we don't get getting to the heart of things would be really helpful um better agendas for meetings. I mean, give factual, suggestive critiques versus unloading. And I think that's one of the key ways you can go because you can go and be successful. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM 132. I completely agree with you, Mike, that you know it, it it's an exit interview. So focus on that word interview. And yes. even though you're leaving and somebody may be asking you probing questions and kind of trying to pull out, you know, things that you want to gripe about be objective, be gracious. And one thing you did that I want to point out is you can say things in the negative, like the meetings are too long, or you can say things in the positive, which is, you know, one of the things that would benefit is if if the, the meetings were this length. So always think about that, not just in your exit interview, but in life, that is going to get you so much further when you think about, I don't like this, I don't like that. Always think about how to frame it in the positive. It will make you more likable, and it will probably be well-received by the person versus 
is knocking it down. So I love that you gave that example. Sirius XM, channel 132, 844-844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Mike Minoski, who is an executive search consultant in Silicon Valley. We're live if it's Thursday noon Eastern, and we would love to hear from you. Have you been hired in an unusual way or an unusual manner, or do you have a tip that you can share with listeners? We always love feedback from our callers, 844-942-7866. So something else I think that is is helpful to do when you're leaving a company is to get something on file. So to write something, you know, in your resignation letter or email or however your company does it that that talks about some of the contributions you've had in that organization. And, you know, even writing to some of the people in the organization who have helped you offering to stay in touch. So I think doing it right is going to set you up for future opportunities there. Again, even if you think I would never work for this company again, companies morph, companies merge, companies expand, um, you know, people move around. So I, you know, so I love that idea too. Are there anything else that you did, Mike, when you exited to make sure you kind of left on a, on a positive note? I did all of those. And I actually have a tremendous story in what you just described that happened this week. Um, longtime client of mine, had had been at a startup, it got acquired, ended up at a Fortune 100 company. It wasn't her fit. And when we had worked prior, I had said, get recommendations into LinkedIn. And she looked at me like I was from Mars. She goes, really? Do I? I said, try it. She got hired in three days. Wow. And she, she wrote a post and she said, you know, I got a referral in from a senior leader, got into the interview, and they said, we're not going to check your references because we looked at all your recommendations on LinkedIn. We're fine. I am so for that, Mike, and I want to take that even a step further because when people are are caught up in a layoff, and I will say this, I say this a lot on the show, I've been laid off twice. If you're in the job market for any length of time, chances are you're going to be laid off as part of something, a merger, reorganization, new leadership. I mean, it's just kind of par for the course. So it's never something to be embarrassed about or to, to struggle over in the interview. And if you, you are in this situation, we'd be happy to give you some inter- interview tips on how to handle that, 844-942-7866. But one of the things I think people do when they get laid off is is they kind of Um, close off. You know, they're embarrassed. They don't want to talk to their colleagues, but your colleagues more often than not want to help you. And what they don't necessarily have is a job in their pocket, but what they could do is they can write you a LinkedIn recommendation. I mean, that is something you should absolutely ask for. And if you found yourself in the situation you you didn't ask in three months, I've got my ask for it today. So, you know, you asked how you could help me. This is how you can help me. Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, this can be reciprocal. Um, If you've been through a layoff, chances are some of the other people in the company are feeling really nervous, too. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, oh, just give this to me, what happens if you say, hey, can we share, can we give each other recommendations? Yep. And that way, you know, there's an equal exchange. Because I think sometimes we feel like, you know, we're begging. Um, this is a way to not beg. This is a way to mutually help each other. And I think that's that's a bit of a different mindset. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. We are here with Mike Minoski, who has hired over a 1,000 people. He is an executive talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. And we are talking about unusual ways to get hired. So have you been hired in an unusual way? Or did you do something during your hiring process that was out of the norm that helped you land the job? We want to hear from you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And as we're talking about LinkedIn recommendations, I mean, that's always a great thing to do to stay in touch with people, Mike, too. Or if you appreciate somebody... You know, we don't, we don't, I think in this world, we need to spend a lot more time on gratitude versus griping. And so, you know, if you just have appreciated what somebody's done for you in the past, or you've appreciated their advice or insight or time, I mean, you can go on their LinkedIn and write them a recommendation and they'll get a happy little email that said, hey, you know, Mike just wrote you a, a LinkedIn recommendation or these things are, are pretty easy to do and can go a long way in building credibility and goodwill with your network. So think about it. Think about, you know, I, I do, I try and write one a month for somebody and, you know, it, it really does make a difference. 844-942-7866. Hey, so we're talking about unusual ways to get 
hired. So we talked about the boomerang employees. So I want to talk about a couple of other ones that people don't often think of. And one of the 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 things we talked about, Mike, was, was temp jobs or, or part-time jobs or contract jobs. And a lot of people aren't willing to necessarily take a part-time or contract job or temp job because they're thinking, I'm looking for full-time employment. I want full-time employment. But what I think they um, may not realize is that this is often how people get hired full-time in companies by starting this way. And I know you've got a couple of great stories on this too, Mike. Well, you know, it's if you think about it, duration of employment is shorter. Um, you're looking to gain great experience, and you know, a contract, temp to perm, are ways to do that. I have a client that I've worked with in my coaching practice that um, really wanted to go and change industries, and he wanted to go from, I'll keep it simple, hardware to software. That's a big jump, and you know, he was a guy that did projects and programs. Again, big jump. He took a job after about seven months of looking, a one-year contract at one of the top software companies here in the Valley, but as a contractor. Uh, It gives him exactly what he wants. It is a perfect bridge for him to move from hardware to software, Um, takes advantage of all of his current skills, and the process was faster. That Mm -hmm. company normally takes weeks, you know, to six to eight weeks to hire. took him three. Which, so there's there's so many advantages. Yeah, it totally makes sense because, I mean, here's the deal. You're right. A contract job could end or you might feel slightly more vulnerable that it could end. But but that's why companies hire faster is because there's an out for both sides. And so you get yes. the job faster, but you also get in the company, which means you can network inside the company. You are in the door. That's the hardest part of Getting, especially in some of these very, very popular companies, or when you're looking to make a career switch, oftentimes you're asking somebody to take a risk on you as somebody who maybe doesn't have the industry or functional background. And if you find somebody who's willing to take a risk on you and pay you, even if it's contract or or temporary or part time, and you're going to build the experience, you're going to be inside the company, you're going to be building stuff to put on your resume. And like, there's no downsides that somebody's taking a risk on you and you have the opportunity to go there and shine. And what I always say to people is like, you know, if you're confident in your ability to nail this job, you need to be able to take this contract role and show them because if you're not confident, why should they be confident? (laughs) Right. And confidence, confidence about a role, it doesn't matter if it's full-time, contract, temp to perm, confidence is confidence. And the other thing, you know, I, I think you made a great point as well. This company that he joined, 60 to 70% of the contractors get hired. That is, they want to get people in quickly. And mm-hmm. they know that if they go through the other process, you know, they're into, you know, they're looking at it. They're looking at weeks and weeks on a calendar. The team he went to had a critical need and they couldn't wait. So, you know, there's advantage for both sides, but you're right. Be confident, go in there, get the work done, do it well, and learn. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate and learn. Those are those are universal things you're going to do in your career anyway. And I would say go in with a mindset of this is not temporary. Go in with a yes. mindset of acting like a full-time employee. And what I mean by that is – you know, think about like you may not be getting a performance review or anything like that, but but imagine you are. Imagine you are. Be curious. Learn about the company as much as you can. Meet people if you can att- attend the town hall meetings or company social events. If that's if you're able to do that, do that. Be friendly. Get to know people. Have lunch with people. Keep your eyes open. What projects or teams need your help? Because I'm telling you, companies are struggling to find agile hungry employees and if you get in there and show them that that's you they're gonna say we're gonna find a role for you because we do not want to let you go hey sirius xm 132 you're listening to career talk i'm your host dr don graham we're here with mike minoski hey you can follow me on twitter at dr don graham and also instagram if you want to see what goes on behind the scenes here at sirius xm radio at dr don graham and we're gonna go to the phones kevin in minnesota welcome to career talk what's on your mind today Kevin. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah, so I I had, you know, you guys are talking about um, how to find jobs in unconventional ways. So I was a professor at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse in in 2014 and 2017, 
I was working with our uh, captains of our football teams uh, on leadership development. And so I wanted to create a partnership with our hospital, local hospital there, and having our two captains go through uh, some type of leadership curriculum at the hospital and vice versa. Anyway, the hospital asked me, hey, how could you talk to our executives about how to use a sport leadership model to work in healthcare? And so can you do this presentation with some of the top executives in, in our hospital? I ended up doing that and then eventually got hired by the chief financial officer to be uh, their leadership consultant for, for over a year and a half. And that was really just came out of a way of me trying to create a partnership to help our student athletes. I love that story, Kevin. So so somebody asked you to do a presentation. You p- clearly put your all into it. You researched the background. You figured out your audience. You did this presentation, and they were wowed by, yes. by yes. what you did. So, yes, I was working with the, the chief learning officer, and she said, you know, pitch to me, like, you know, how could we use some of the leadership work that you do in athletic teams? How can we do that to kind of run our hospital? We do this thing called administrative excellence every three uh, three times a year where 20 of our top executives get, to get together as a think tank session sometimes as a guest speaker or book um, how would you like to present in front of them and show them how really how you can connect the two uh, the two the discipline of leadership together with the two industries they love the presentation the chief financial officer at the time was an interim um, she got the interim tag taken off and then she asked me Hey, you know, how would you like to work with me and, and 50 of 50 of my leaders within the revenue cycle and finance yes. division? And those people oversaw 500 people, and so I, that turned into about an 18 month project. Kevin, that's phenomenal, yeah. and I want to I want to tag on to your story because somebody you know is just telling me a story that that was similar. She was looking to get into this company; they weren't hiring, and so she said, "You know what? This is this is kind of my wheelhouse." I will come in and I will I will talk to you for a half hour and share my insights and and just market experience on this. No strings attached. I just, you know, I'm happy to do it and I think it'll help your business. So, the person accepted, she came in, shared her her wisdom. Again, no expectations of getting hired. She's like, "This is what I do and I see this as an opportunity." You know, she got hired as well. They created a role for her. They were so impressed with what she did. So the reason I tell that story, Kevin, is because, yes, it is unusual that this happens, but it does happen and it is happening. And and you need to have the courage that you had to go in there and say, okay, I'm going to, I have no expectations, but I'm going to do the best I can do so that, you know, hey, you never know what's going to come out of it. And, And Mike, are you seeing this as well? Oh, my head is nodding, Kevin. What a what a great story. The, you know, if you think about it, there's only two things we we have to do in a job consulting role, whatever it is, and that is we have to demonstrate competence. And Kevin, you obviously demonstrated that, uh, and you demonstrated that by bringing in the student athletes. You know, the, the, the uh, uh, when you brought them into the hospital, and then the second thing is team fit, and obviously they picked that up from you in five minutes just in talking with you. We can hear it here. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then you add in the just this, this wow factor of I want to help. You know, those right. three pieces made you incredibly valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And, and the cool thing is at the time I didn't, I didn't have a business. I was a professor and, and I was just helping our football team out. Um, and so it really, it really wasn't my end game to, to be a consultant. It turned into me um, starting my own consulting business, and it came from that contract. I had a contract before I had a consulting business, and so um, it, it really worked out well for me. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing I want to take away from this, Kevin, is it you know, you go in with your all, but you also keep your eyes open for opportunities. I mean, I know that people feel very, very comfortable with the, I see a job, I apply, I get an interview, I get the job, and sure, that happens, but but those aren't the best opportunities. I mean, you would have never gotten such a cool opportunity by going that route. And and so what I want people to know is, sure, if, if you feel comfortable applying online, you can do that. But don't ignore 
all of these other opportunities that are out there that you you need to be creative to find because if you're not happy with what you're doing and you're looking to build something new, these opportunities out there, you just need a little courage and um, you'd be surprised at what doors open up for you. Kevin, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. You're awesome and congratulations on everything that you've built for yourself. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM. We are Career Talk and we are here with Mike Minoski all hour long taking your calls, talking about unusual ways to get hired, and we're going to go to Jane in New Mexico. Welcome to the show, Jane. Hi, Dr. Graham. What's on your mind today, Jane? Well, I have, um, I'm not blaming you. Let me just say that. Oh, well, well that's I an interesting way to guys. start a phone call. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not defensive have, or anything um, now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I have a boomerang. Um, and I went somewhere else. I gained skills that make me more competi- competitive, and also they gave me an advantage over other colleagues. I, um, but because of that, I have also increased my network. And like what you were saying just recently, I have been acquiring skills and taking new opportunities. But now I look back and I realize what I've been doing. Now it looks like I have been job hopping for the past four years because every time I see a job or somebody calls me and says, hey, you want to come and work with us? Um, How much are you making? We'll we'll offer you, you know, a significant pay increase. Join our team. And I join the team. I meet somebody else. And then they... Offer me a job with more money, better hours. Okay, so you're getting more money, better jobs, but I'm glad you're not blaming me for for that. Um, (laughs) That's a good thing to know. Here's the thing, Jane. Here's what I think I'm hearing. I think I'm hearing that you're in demand. Clearly what you're doing is in demand, and you're taking these roles, and you're earning more money, um, but you're also feeling like when you look at your background, it's somewhat disjointed because you have a lot of of short-term jobs, and you're worried that this is going to be a part of your brand and you're thinking how can I you know I've done this you can't go back and change it but how can I position this going forward and here I'm going to tell you that this is this is totally solvable and I think I want you to hear that it's totally solvable Um, these are good things that are happening to you it's all about how you put it together in your career story and Mike I know you're you're wanting to jump in so I'll I'll hand it over to you the first of all congratulations for having great skills you know, that, that's top and that, that's, you know, terrific for you. The, the comment I'd make is what you've done is you come in and you solve problems. And sometimes the problems take a long time to solve. Sometimes you get in there and with your skills and experiences, you're, um, it, it's a shorter period of time. But I, if somebody comes in and has a really good reference stack, in other words, people come in and say, you know what, the last three people I worked for, uh, will give you the feedback and what I did and what we accomplished. And then I had an opportunity to go help another group. And if you combine expertise with the desire to help and with great outcomes, the duration of where you've been is less important. I'm, as, as a recruiter and as, as a leader, I'm more interested in how can you help us. And the way I'm going to learn that is what did you do before, not how long were you there before. And Mike, I know you've done research on this about you know how long people are staying in jobs now. I mean, specifically in 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 the valley, but in general. So, I mean, what what I think that information would be helpful to Jane. Two years. Two years in in, in Silicon Valley right now. At two years, people are leaving their roles, and there are statistics after statistics on this. Um, so, what you may think is a long duration. Uh, or our short duration, I'm sorry, is is not. Um, the duration of working with a single group is shrinking. And and I, I even want to go so far as to say the bias has shifted, that if you've been with a company too long, and you know, maybe eight years or 10 years, which used to be pretty standard, companies are worried that you're not agile and that you can't come in and hit the ground running and start accomplishing things quickly or that you're used to working in a certain culture and, and you're not going to be able to navigate a new culture or a new set of rules. So it's it's interesting because 
a lot of people haven't realized that that pendulum has swung. So I think, Jane, the takeaway for you is you've got skills that are in demand and you need to not look at the idea of job hopping, which, you know, is kind of so five years ago now, and look at your career story. So telling a story, it doesn't matter where you did the work necessarily. It doesn't matter who you did the work for. It doesn't even matter if you were paid or if it was volunteer. But putting together a career story of being somebody who comes in and quickly identifies the problem and solves the challenges, and then you know you go to the next problem, the next challenge. That is your story, and and it's less about your your resume and the chronological aspect of it. And when you can start moving away from the confines of that chronological resume, I think you're gonna. Have have a really powerful story. And and um, when that happens, you can blame me, Jane. <laughs> 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. Thank you so much, Jane, for calling. I'm excited about your future. And we are SiriusXM 132 Career Talk. We're here with Mike Minoski. And I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, it's time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz? There's a Quiz? People who do this for the holidays are proven to be happier and smarter. People who do this for the holidays are proven to be happier and smarter. If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We are Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Series XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, if you've not gotten my book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success Yet, you are missing out. This is the book you've been waiting for. And even if you're not a career switcher, you're going to find a lot of tips and fresh advice in this book that I've compiled from all of the research and information I provide on the show. So check it out. And we are here with Mike Minoski, who is an executive talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley, and he's hired over a 1,000 people. So you need to call and talk to this man if you're looking for a job, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And Mike, where can people reach you after the show if they want more information? So I've kept it simple. My website is MikeCoach.com. That is simple. MikeCoach.com. You know, and sometimes... Simple is better. Actually, most of the time, simple is better. 844-942-7866. If it is Thursday, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live and taking our calls all hour long. And we're going to go to Vicki in California. Welcome to the show, Vicki. What's on your mind today? Hi. I um, used to be in the temporary staffing industry and had a career in that for over a decade and kind of switched gears because there's a lot of staffing companies that have you know popped up everywhere and you know I, I kind of reached a plateau in that industry and took a back seat and um, started focusing more with the, the customer of an independent worker so you know helping them find the right employment company and I've been doing that for for years now four to five years and I want to get back into the workforce um, and switch gears. And I, I'm having a challenge with my resume, I think. I'm not getting hits, per se, because I think as an independent contractor, I don't know if I'm correct on this or not. They look at your resume and like, well, everybody's an independent contractor now. And, you know, I've been making an income by doing this, but I'm having a hard time making a switch and getting recognized via LinkedIn or um, applying for for jobs um, with not going to my current clientele. Because some of them are like, well, we'll bring you on and you could help us do this. But I'm, that's not really what I want to do. I want to really switch gears. But again, I'm having a hard time 
having people look at me. And yes. I don't know if it's my resume or, or, or not. You have called on the, the right show on the right day. And you've actually uh, you've used the magic word switch. And I want to give you a heads up that starting next week, October 4th, we are doing a six-week switcher fest here on Career Talk. And we're going to be doing six weeks of how to switch careers. And we're doing a, a bunch of things. So from, from incarceration to employment, we're doing uh, military transitions, we're doing how to make a switch in retirement. And on November 8th, we're doing reintegrating into the workforce. So that's definitely one big you're going to want to listen to. But um, okay, here, but we're going to we're going to solve this today, though. <laughs> so we're not going to make you wait. Um, so here's the thing. You have what I'm thinking is a, a branding opportunity here because people are, are you're great at what you do and people want to keep pulling you into it, but that's not what you want to do. And what they're seeing is not what you want them to see. So we just need to tweak your brand so that you can, all these people who are willing to hire you, that's great. You're, you're obviously likable. You're good at what you do. You're reliable. They they trust you. So they just need to, to want to hire you for what you want to do. So, so Mike, what advice do you have for Vicky? I, I, Vicky, just to let you know that I ran agencies, so I okay. I know the world you're coming from. Um, if you think about it, what you did was people came to you because they had projects they couldn't get done because they didn't have yeah. the right people in place. So if you yeah. think about it, you know how to make projects run. Yeah. How important and and so. You'll notice what we're doing here is we're just making a, a, a small change in your story that you can walk in and go, you know what, I've, I've helped X companies solve these kinds of problems. What are your challenges there? And all of a sudden, you've what? gone from being this resume to this problem solver. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to, to highlight from your story, Vicki, is is resumes are still there. We're not saying resumes have gone away. LinkedIn, all that stuff is, is, is critical. But what has changed is we are no longer a historical account of our jobs and our dates at these jobs and our titles. That's what's okay. going away. What we are now is a career story. So what is so important to do is to look at the thread of and, and it could be, as Mike just mentioned, that you solve problems. It could be that you transform cultures. It could be that you you mobilize teams cross-functionally. I mean, you probably have a number of these skills that are your story that, that companies want. Companies don't even – like they're saying, yeah, hard skills are great, accounting, all that. But we need people who can – who can be agile and move with us. We're, we're changing constantly. We need people who can, who can identify problems, mobilize teams, get it solved, and move on without their hands being held. I'm hearing that that's you, Vicki. So you need to kind of get away from the confines of the resume and the chronological order, and you need to start looking at yourself as a, a career story and start branding yourself as that. So when people ask, I'm just going to, we're going to do a little uh, on-air mock, mock questioning. When people ask, hey, Vicki, what, what do you do? What do you say? Oh, yeah, see, that's my stuff. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But that's what we're yeah, going to solve today. Problem right there. Yeah. Exactly. We're solving it today. My seven second story on the elevator story gets a little what, challenging. So tell us what you say. I a, yeah, I mean, it is what I help clients find the right workforce contingent workforce solutions. Okay, Mike, can you fix that? What's the underlying problem you're solving for those people? For those clients, I'm I'm helping them find the the right resources. Sometimes to do what that, you, that's great. Now, yeah, now, to what find do those resources do okay. for them. You're doing great. The resources, yeah, okay. The, the right resources, the the right service to fit their needs. And if you sometimes think about it, it's needs. not the right service, their needs might be it's labor. Let's say it's right. a it's a blue collar labor company. Third-party logistics, distribution, those are the companies I typically focus on. And what? So what I just heard is you help people get their logistics and distribution done, particularly when they're running into a crunch. Yes. And, and like you, she said earlier, I'm a, I'm a problem solver because I've been doing it for such a long time. This mm -hmm. company might not be working for you. You might want to try to do this. You might want to do not the typical job fair, whatever. I could think of solutions, but I just 
can't put it on paper and I can't. Let me having a hard let me time, try this. Um, yeah. Saying it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don, mm-hmm. let me let me try and wrap this, and you, the two of you, tell me how I'm doing. Um, you come in with conventional and unconventional strategies um, to help logistics and distribution firms get through crunch periods successfully. Yes. How do we do? That was good. <laughs> I, I love that. And think about one of the things I'm going to ask you to do, Vicky, is put yourself in their shoes. What What are they struggling? What do they wake up in the middle of the night struggling with? The, you take the burden of hiring off their plate. You take, you know, you're like, hand that to me. It's off your plate, out of your head. Let me take care of it. I will take care of it for you. You don't need to hold my hand. You don't need to, you know, I will, I will create this for you. That's what somebody wants. They don't even care necessarily how you do it. They just want that burden off their plate and they want to have faith that somebody like yourself is going to solve it. And if you come in and you say, you know, what's your, your biggest hiring challenge? And they tell you and you say, I could take that off your plate for you and I can get it done. And here's, here's a couple of examples of where I've done that. I'm going to say, take it, Vicki, take it. I don't want it anymore. You know, and, and I have I have done that. I mean, I've been blessed and um, get residuals for clients that I've done that for. And but independently, I want it either. I w- should have been able to expand it by now, but it's a lonely thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to work with a particular maybe one company full time in doing that because I have the ability to do that now. I don't I don't have my kids at home anymore um and i have that opportunity mm-hmm. and you know what you just said everything we talked about is perfect and you just added one mm-hmm. sentence and now yeah. i want to do it for one company i want to focus on one firm for a while that's yeah. the only addition you have to make to what you've already described okay and there's a lot okay. of companies i just talked to somebody yesterday who runs a company and and you know just spontaneously part of his business has become doing what you do Vicky mostly because his clients are struggling he really does more organizational type work but but now he has this like 20% of his business is this this kind of recruiting for his clients because they're struggling so much with it that he's hiring people to help companies do this and um, if you if you email me offline I will tell you the company um but like this is I could totally see this being a great match for you. You work for this company. Yes, you'd still be recruiting for lots of different companies, but you'd still have one home base. So it's it's really about now that we're clear, now that Mike and I are clear about what you want to do, it becomes much easier for us to help you get more data or solutions or ideas. And I think that's the piece that's been missing for you. And now that you have a clear idea you start talking to your ambassadors and they're like, oh, you should talk to this company or, oh, I just saw this. That's the key. And I think you you just took a major step forward in in solving it. So definitely email me offline, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Vicki, thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk. And don't forget about our six-week Switcher Fest starting next week where we're going to talk all about different types of switchers and how to nail it in your switch. 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Joe in Florida. Welcome to Career Talk. Joe, what's on your mind today? Well, um, I'm having a problem. Um, I, I'm a recently discharged, you know, a United States Army combat veteran. And, I, you know, I stepped out of, I stepped out of the Army. Um, I have, you know, a pretty quality resume. But while I served, I, you know, I, I served in multiple positions of uh, increasing responsibility. But at the end of it, I was handling, you know, the HR side for about 4,000 uh, personnel um, spread out over about 16 countries. And, and, you know, I've always been a handyman in my life, so I got out. I went to work as a laborer because obviously the bills need to be paid. And I started, a, I started a construction company. I got an offer to step in and take over another general contractor uh, moving back to my hometown. And I've kind of reached, a, a, you know, a peak to where, I, you know, I've been, been here about 10 months. Um, I've, I've grown the company since I took over 20, 27% of our last year. We're a multimillion-dollar firm. Um, you know, executing a couple thousand contracts a year. And I'm, you know, I've been putting my resume out a lot lately. And I feel like I'm getting typecasted because I don't know how to properly portray that I have the ability to succeed in any, any industry, um, whether it be in, in management and general construction, whether it be, um, you know, uh, HR. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very financially savvy. I've, you know, I've, in, I've increased revenue, reduced my, reduced overall costs. 
um, you know, in what I'm in what I'm doing. I have the ability to put that on paper, but I feel like I'm being typecasted because people look at a lot of you know the society. It's hard to go from what's seen as a rudimentary style of business in construction to go in you know to go cross over those lines from blue collar management. But really, I'm you know I'm I'm a you know a COO COO CFO. Um, oh, and one where I'm at, it's me and then the owner, and the owner is, you know, majorly hands off. I, I run the day-to-day operations from top to bottom to keep a multi-million-dollar company and better than 30 employees going home and putting, you know, putting food on the table. Uh, but I'm being typecasted, and I don't know how to properly portray that to the people that I'm submitting my resume to. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of uh, calls back or. Um, or responses. Oh, Joe, we love, love, love callers like you because you, I mean, just in the course of two minutes, you, you've you given me like a, a resume that of course is branded towards where you want to go. So the question is, why do people keep typecasting you in, in where you were? And my sense is that I have not seen your resume or your LinkedIn, but my sense is that you're giving them that information somehow. And I know you may think, well, this supports where I want to go, but in somebody, somebody who's your audience, they're hearing something you don't want them to hear, or they're latching onto it and anchoring it some way that you don't want them to hear. So there's, there's that. The good news is there's opportunity to shift. So Mike, have at it. This is Joe. I'm, I'm a fan. Just the military <laughs> career, the coming in and running a, you know, running a business, taking it to the, as far as you've taken it. Um, the problem is when, when you base your job search around a resume, um, you're one-dimensional. And okay. you, you have such a unique background that you should be doing some outreach. You know, the, the, you hear the word networking, building business relationships. Mm-hmm. Joe, you've got a great story. But depending on your story to be told by a resume, who my staff looks at for a minute isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were to reach out to, let, let's say, for example, a mid-tier company. You find that the head of HR is a former veteran. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Don and I in our work, we do work with veterans, that, and, and Don's going to have that great segment coming up. But the whole idea is if you reached out to a veteran that's running an HR group and say, here's what I've done, and I'm really interested in building my skills here that play on top of what I've already done, I would think that a, that a retired colonel running an HR program might be willing to have a conversation with you. What do you think? I, I mean, obviously, I would hope so. Um, yeah, I, I would and, be and I think that they would, be able, they would be able to see. I think that obviously, somebody in that position who has the authority to make a call on whether I get an interview or not, or whether you know I'm, I'm, I'm you know throughout the hiring process, what influence I have, would be able to you know um, properly right. and clearly understand. Um, how the military experience translates to, uh, you know, to, to corporate America. Here's the good news, Joe. This is this is changing rapidly, which makes me so happy. What we what we know is that in the military, you're given a tremendous amount of of experience and and responsibility very, very early in your career. I mean, you have to be agile. You have to have contingency plans. You, I mean, there's no room for error. And so I think companies are, are recognizing that you know, military hires are some of the best out there, but what they don't understand clearly is where you fit. And so, unfortunately, that means a lot of, of you know, military hires get overlooked because companies just aren't sure where to put them, which puts the burden of explaining that on you as the candidate. But so many more companies are recognizing this. And to Mike's point, so many more military or former military are in corporations. And I think you've got a very unique network because there are so many people out there who have a background in the military that would be willing to talk to you will also understand how your skills fit in with their organization and we help help you translate that into maybe corporate speak that is missing right now but I have no doubt that if you take that time to rebrand and and talking to people who've done it who've been you know military to corporate transitions who can help you give you that language you're going to have more opportunities on your plate than you can you know even even decipher and you're going to be calling us back and say okay now I have these three great offers Don which one should I take and I think that's the key using the the tremendous network that you have you 
who can help you rebrand that into something that a company can say, yes, yes, we need we need Joe and we need him right now. Thank you so much, Joe, for calling us on Career Talk 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We appreciate your service as always. And we have to answer our pre-break quiz because... Dion told me at the break that he has the answer. So, That's right. So I'm very excited. People who do this for the holidays are proven to be happier and smarter. What is it, Dion? People that decorate. Dang. You is nailed that right? it. That oh, is, my God. He oh. Nailed it. Nailed it. See, you, you weren't saying the question right, Michelle. You were saying people that do this during the holidays. Well, what's she the said question? for the holidays. Oh. And it's always decorate oh. for the holidays. That, that's always the same. Oh, so. That's your logic? It was just a play on words? Absolutely. Wow. Actually, that's really great logic because I actually do slightly change the words to make sure that, that it's not giving it away. So that is good I logic. I so out in left field. All right. What did you, what did you have, Mike? What was I yours? I was actually going to say volunteer. Oh. Yeah, she should volunteer. Mike's nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a great answer. I like that. I I like that answer. Um, So, Dion, do you decorate? No. (laughs) Wow. I I, I, I decorated my my parents' house when I was a kid. That gave you all the happiness you needed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good now. All right. All right. The pressure's on this holiday, Dion. I know. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not decorating. There will be no decorating. Michelle, do you? I So I haven't in my apartment in recent years. I love decorating. I hate breaking it down. That's why I don't decorate. But you know what I love is going and decorating at someone else's house. So they have, have to break, to break it, down. it down. Yeah. 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 It's the best, best of both worlds Fair there. Enough. So, hey, if you're looking for someone to decorate your home but not undecorate it, call Michelle, me. Michelle is your person. Call me. 844-942-7866. Mike, do you decorate? Um, no. <laughs> Man. But I appreciate good decoration. Man. So Michelle, plane ticket coming. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. 844-942-7866. Did I just get a job? I think so. I'm like, that's how easy it happens. You just have to put it out in the universe. If people are clear. You solved my problem. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It was was that fast. Um, 844-942-7866. All right. We have about... 30 seconds. We can do it. And we're going to go to Meredith in Virginia. Meredith, really quickly, what's on your mind today? Okay, so I moved down to Virginia about a year and a half ago with my job. It's more of a New York-based job, you know, executive assistant, private family office for the extremely high net worth. And the position has now been dissolved because they're not going to be here in Virginia anymore. And so my question is, you know, some people are encouraging me to go out on my own and do some freelance um, work, and then there are the pressures to take something. It's a different job market here. Um, I think that I'll probably stay here because I have family around. And just thoughts on that, like whether yes. I want to be thoughtful in my next step. And I would like a full-time job, but since the job market is different, freelancing might be something I would consider. Yep, you nailed it. The first thing is you have to be thoughtful. You have a lot of people telling you what you could do, what you should do. You need to do what you are going to be most happy with, Meredith. And and start with Geo. Where do you want to be? Once you know where you want to be geo-wise, then you can start to think about, do I want to be in a company? Do I want to freelance? Freelance is something you can do tomorrow if you wanted to do it to see if you like it. But the fact is, is that um, you have to do what's what's best for Meredith, not what's best for everybody else. And I think the more you take time to figure out what your path is, whether that's working with a coach, whether that's doing some self-reflection, reading some books on the topic – you're going to be so much happier when you make that decision and you're going to get to where you want to be if you can communicate that clearly as we've been talking about the whole show to your network. So best of luck to you, Meredith. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk or on Sirius XM Channel 132. Mike, it's been great to have you here. One last time, where can people reach you? MikeCoach.com and great to be here, Don. Keeping it simple. We love having you, Mike, Michelle, and Dion. You guys rock. And don't forget about our upcoming six-week Switcher Fest, which is coming soon. You've been listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel 132. We'll see you next time. 